This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And what we're going to be talking about today is absolutely critical to that, especially if you are the leader leader, get that keyword there, of your business, whether you are the owner or a manager or sometimes even just an employee, or maybe you're leading um, a volunteer team or what the heck, leading your family. We are obviously going to be talking about leadership. So please join me in welcoming Vanessa Udelman to our program today. Welcome, Vanessa. How are you? Hi, Deb. Great today. How are you? I am hunky dory. Couldn't be any better. We've, you know, for those watching and those who are, are, you know, listening, we got the blue going on. We are both in this exact same shade of blue. It's like we had a memo. Um, so somebody was leading us, right? Um, so let me tell people a little about you and then we will jump into this. So Vanessa Udelman is the president of Mosaic People development. For over 20 years, she has been helping clients to develop leaders who inspire great results. She is a speaker, facilitator, leadership consultant, and certified executive coach. Having worked in the trenches herself as a leader, she teaches her clients a very practical approach to leadership that she has used to develop her own high-performing teams. Over the years, she has trained and coached thousands of people to transition from doers to leaders. She works with leaders to give them the tools and strategies they need to feel confident, be more self-aware, be team-focused, and be strategic. She's written a book, Mastering Leadership, What It Takes to Lead in Today's Fast-Paced World About Leadership and Led Her Own Teams. Vanessa has the privilege of developing leaders in organizations like Campbell's Soup, the United Nations, Hello Fresh, Sick Kids, and the Bank of Montreal. Holy cow, what a diverse bunch. Um, so again, Vanessa, welcome. Thank you so much. Yes, it is a diverse bunch because everywhere you look, people are leaders. Right. Right. You know, the biggest thing that I find, Deb, is that most people struggle in leadership roles mm-hmm. because they're 
thrown into positions as leaders, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. really without any training or mentoring or coaching on what it means to lead. Mm -hmm. So I'm so glad we're going to spend time today to talk about what Mm -hmm. it means to lead and some of the skills that Mm -hmm. people can learn and grow and develop to be an excellent and inspired. Perfect. Well, speaking of that, because this is why you started your own company and started doing this, tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today and how you really did discover that this is your passion in life. Oh, boy. Okay. So that's a great question. It goes back to, um, I'm thinking, how far back do I go? I mean, if I go back to my childhood, I was a a drama major in high school. So Mm -hmm. In my work, I do a lot of work on stage and I do mm-hmm. things like that. And it's always interesting when you look at people's careers that a lot of things they're good at adults. They were already starting to do when they're kids. Mm-hmm. So um, I was also a teacher. I taught in a drama studio when I was younger. Um, and then when I started working, um, I was an English major at university. And my mom said to me, well, that's really practical. What are you going to do with a degree in English? you better go to teacher's college. So at least you have a job. Yes, something you, know? you can fall back on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many of you have heard that before? Mm-hmm. from your mm-hmm. parents, Right. That's one line I'm not dishing to my kids. I can tell you right now. So I went to teacher's college and I worked mm-hmm. with as a teacher with at-risk youth for a while. Ah. And I was very passionate about it. But mm-hmm. after I had a few too many binders thrown at my head, I was like, okay, maybe this isn't quite for me. Mm-hmm. And I the corporate world and I worked at an amazing consulting firm for 10 years. Then I moved in-house mm-hmm. uh, and I built and developed the organizational learning and development team at that organization. Um, and unfortunately had a really bad experience while I was there. I'd worked there for five years and the first four years were outstanding. I loved the culture, mm-hmm. loved, loved my boss. But while I was on my second maternity leave, a new boss came in from an external person was hired. Oh. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe seeing where this is going. And really, when I came back from my maternity leave, made my life miserable. She mm-hmm. took away my responsibilities. I was on committees and she removed me from those committees that I built. And she moved your them. office. See, I read your book. She moved my office. If you picture like a really long bowling alley, mm-hmm. right? Right at the end of this really long hall, it was a tiny little dark, dark office stuck mm-hmm. me in there. Um, and it, it became really what I would call a soul sucking experience. Mm-hmm. In fact, I had a um, conversation with one of my coaching clients this morning, who's working with uh, one of the partners in her firm and an accounting firm from a, a different location, who's really a toxic person. Mm-hmm. And so while it was really, it was really challenging to have that soul sucking experience mm-hmm. with a toxic leader at the time. Why I'm glad I had it is because mm-hmm. it really solidified my passion for developing leaders. Right. Because what happened to me is I had a great leader before this terrible leader came in, made my Mm -hmm. life miserable. I had to exit, like I exited myself from the organization. I just Mm -hmm. couldn't work for her. It made made me really actually almost depressed. Mm -hmm. And um, I realized in hindsight that leadership is everything. Right. That leaders really make or break people's experience Mm -hmm. at work. And, you know, when I, when I'm doing a keynote or, or something like that, or working with a group of leaders, I'll say to them, okay, put up your hand. How many of you have had this situation before? And it's every hand goes up. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable Mm -hmm. how people have had that experience. Mm -hmm. And what I decide is not on my watch. Mm -hmm. If I have an opportunity to work with leaders, to help them explain Mm -hmm. and understand how your behavior influences the people around you and what you need to do to build a collaborative, high performing Mm -hmm. team. And that really has become my mission and my purpose. Mm-hmm. 
Right. You know, and, and I think one of the things that so many people don't understand is that the owner, the manager, the, all the titles don't mean you're a leader. Leadership is a skill that some people have and some people have to learn and others just never get, right? Um, but and and I think that's you talk about this in your book, the fact that frequently what happens is you've got a great employee, or maybe you've got a great idea for a business and you get promoted, you become the leader with zero training. (laughs) It was just like, well, she was a great employee, he did fabulous work. We're going to make him the the head of the department, the whatever it is, and just thrust that person in there. And sometimes it works, but frequently it doesn't. Yeah, most often it doesn't work because doing the job, let's say you are in a marketing role Mm -hmm. and you're the best person in that marketing Mm -hmm. role or even the owner of the business. Right. And then if you're in a marketing position and you get promoted into head of the marketing Mm -hmm. department, that's a different job. Right. Right. If you're an entrepreneur and you start your business mm-hmm. and you're client facing and you're wearing many hats and then you mm-hmm. and then you hire somebody else, now being a manager of that person mm-hmm. is a different job. Right. And so most people don't even realize mm-hmm. that it's a different job with different skills that mm-hmm. you need to learn. And I do believe, you know, people often say to me, Vanessa, are leaders born or made? Very few leaders are born. Right. Most leaders are made. Mm-hmm. Leaders, leadership's like a sport. You can mm-hmm. learn just like you learn any sport, you can learn mm-hmm. to lead a hundred percent, but you right. need to have the right toolkit in place mm-hmm. to lead properly, to lead effectively. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I was sharing before we started, I had that happen to me. I worked for a company. I was, you know, one person in the department, communications as opposed to marketing, but, you know, and the, the, you know, the, the chair of the department left or the, you know, the, the manager and, and I got promoted into it. I was totally unprepared to be the the leader. Did I have the knowledge? Yes. Did I have, you know, the the skills to do the the marketing communication aspects? Yes. But to lead people, no. And, and other things too that you need to learn. Like I one of the things was you have to do a budget. I had no idea how to do a budget. Um, you know, and and it was, you know, and, and so what do you do? You take last year's and you go, hey, this looks good. Let's raise everything by five percent. <laughs> you know. Um, but you know, of course, one of my biggest things was I had been friends, good friends, with all of the people who I was now their boss. And that was probably for me one of the most difficult transitions to make. Um, you know, and and this was long enough ago that you still because I, I love that you talk about this in your book. You know, we used to have this big, you know, you were the manager, and then you've got the people under you, and, and never the twain shall meet. You don't have lunch, you don't certainly don't go out on, on Friday evening with them, all of those things. And now, of course, we're learning that that friendships are okay. But yeah, I just, I really struggled with how do I deal with the fact that these are my friends, but I have to sometimes discipline them, you know, tell them their work's not good. I mean, all those various things. And it was, it was a very challenging time that I got out of because it was like, nope, don't want to do this. Mm-mm. Yeah. I've heard that from a lot of leaders. I mean, sometimes people lose their friends when they become right. their boss. Mm-hmm. It's a reality, right? Because, Especially if things go wrong. I mean, you know, I mean, part of your job as a leader is, for example, to give feedback to people, right? 
I mean, if your friend is coming in late, your quote unquote mm-hmm. friend is coming in late mm-hmm. for work every day, it's your job to give them feedback that, mm-hmm. you know, when you're late, here's the impact on the business and mm-hmm. I need you to be on time. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, your role completely changes mm-hmm. your role and right. your relationship with your people will change mm-hmm. too. And you have to be okay with that. When you, mm-hmm. when you accept the leadership role, you right. have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. And no, it's normal that the the dynamics of the relationship will change. Because guess what? You're not their friend anymore. Mm-hmm. You're their boss now. Right. Yeah. And so just in terms of, you know, the hierarchy, you 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 just have, you know, you can fire them. Mm-hmm. So theoretically. I know you- it's scary. You know, and and then of course you've got the flip side of it where they're like, you're my friend, so I'm gonna take advantage. You know, and and I don't think anybody you know, there are those who do it on purpose, but the others are like, she won't mind that I'm 10 minutes late because she knows that I've got such and forth and so on going on, you know, and, and all of those things. But yeah, I mean, you know, that's, that was the other flip side was they, they thought that they could push the envelope and, and I would say, no, that's okay. Yeah. And I think for, because this is such a common situation, what Mm -hmm. I always share with leaders in that type of position is don't think about them being your friend or not mm-hmm. being your friend. Think about it in terms of what do you need to do to build mm-hmm. high trust relationships right. with, with your colleagues? Mm-hmm. I, call yeah. them, I don't even, I don't like even saying the word boss, you know, mm-hmm. nobody wants yeah, a boss. Cause it, it, it is, it is kind of an archaic term. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, leader. Mm-hmm. yeah. So think about as, as their leader, mm-hmm. right. What can you do to motivate them? What can you do to inspire them? And mm-hmm. what can you build trust? Right, right. And there's actually my favorite book on trust, which I recommend people read. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called The Speed of Trust by Stephen M. R. Covey. Ah, well, anything by Covey is always very good. Mm -hmm. So this book was written by Stephen Covey, who wrote The Seven Habits of Highly Mm -hmm. Effective People. This is his son, Stephen Mm -hmm. M. R. Covey, who wrote this book. And he did a lot of research on high-performing organizations. And Mm -hmm. in the book, talks about the fact that high-performing organizations outperform their competition, sorry, high-trust organizations outperform their competition mm-hmm. by almost 300%. Right. But when you have high-trust at the top of the organization, it trickles all the way down. Mm-hmm. And then he breaks trust down into two components, character and competence, mm-hmm. right? You have to be high on the character side. You have mm-hmm. to be transparent. Right. You have to um, be loyal. You mm-hmm. have to be Respectful. Mm-hmm. On the competent side, you have to get results, mm-hmm. but you also have to learn and get better. You have mm-hmm. to have conversations with people. Mm-hmm. You have to. Um, one of my favorite on the competent side is clarify expectations. Ah, mm-hmm. right. And so often when people move mm-hmm. into a leadership role and they're leading their quote unquote friends, mm-hmm. I say to them, they, they say, Vanessa, but I don't want to clarify expectations because I feel like I'm being too much of a boss. Right. And I'll say, no, 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 no. What you have to understand is when you clarify expectations, mm-hmm. you actually are building trust with your team. Right. Yeah. And they oh. don't read your mind. You know, if the project is due on Friday, you have to tell them the project is due on Friday. Yeah. So I think that's a big mindset shift people need to make mm-hmm. is not how do I maintain my friendships, but how do I really build these high trust relationships? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and you teach people how to do that. You know, as we as we've been saying, it, leadership is 
is learned. I was going to say earned, but it is that too. But it is it is a learned skill, um, you know. And and for some, it it does come easier, um, but for others, it is it is a challenge. But you know, so so say you know, let's let's go back in the way back machine, and I were to come to you and say, oh my gosh, Vanessa, they have just promoted me to you know be in charge of this department. I don't know what to do. So lead us through some of the the things that, and and you talk about this in your book. I love it. Um, So lead us through the process of helping someone to become a leader. For sure. So when I started my business 12 years ago, what I thought about, you know, leadership is really complex. And it's a great question, Deb, because a lot of people don't understand. They get overwhelmed by leadership. Mm -hmm. They feel like they're not doing it right. Or they say, People always say to me, I didn't have confidence until I started working with you. Mm-hmm. Now I know I'm doing it right, mm-hmm. I'm more confident. So when I started my business, what I did is I went through all of the needs analysis that I've done over the years and all of the coaching clients that I've had. And I literally looked at goals and objectives mm-hmm. and I put a bunch of sticky papers on the wall and I looked at themes mm-hmm. and I realized there are themes. And when you did the introduction for me, um, uh, you read different types of organizations that I've worked with, not for corporate entrepreneurs. And it's because leadership skills are the same regardless of what type Mm -hmm. of organization you're working Mm -hmm. in. And so I created this model to really mitigate some of the complexities around leadership. Mm -hmm. And the model has three pillars. Mm -hmm. But when you're starting to develop yourself, the first pillar is to to know yourself, to have some Mm -hmm. Mm self-awareness. The second pillar is to be able to manage your team. And then the third pillar is to be able to lead the business or your mm-hmm. department. Right. You know, and, and let's start with the first one, knowing yourself. Because you've got, you know, in, in your book, you have checklists, you know, are you this, are you this? And my first thought was, how many times do people think they are good at something and they're not? Or they're not good at something and they are. Um, you know, and so the self-awareness, I think, is is obviously going to be one of the biggest challenges. Yeah. And interesting piece about self-awareness. Most people do know their strengths and weaknesses. Okay. But what and if you don't, that reach out to your team and ask mm-hmm. them, say, or reach out to some trusted colleagues and say, mm-hmm. what do you see as some of my top mm-hmm. three strengths and top three weaknesses? And it, it's interesting to see if your perception matches with others. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. The, the the thing that a lot of people don't understand is <clears throat> your strengths when you overuse them actually become weaknesses. Yes, I love that part of the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, for example, if you're someone who's really direct, mm-hmm. you know, it's good to be direct because people mm-hmm. know exactly what you're thinking and right. feeling. When you overuse that, mm-hmm. the impact is that sometimes, for example, you can come across as rude right. or even respectful. Mm-hmm. If you look at it the other side, um, I often have clients who are, you know, very analytical. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that. I love that they're thoughtful and they think things through and they mm-hmm. make decisions really founded on facts. Mm-hmm. But what they often do is they go into analysis paralysis. Right. They use that strength. Mm-hmm. And so for all of us as leaders, what we have to do is stay in that zone of leveraging my strengths, but not mm-hmm. overusing them so they mm-hmm. become weaknesses. Right. You know, and... and- of course, one of the things that, that really strikes me is to be that good leader, it is about teamwork, um, you know, and, and figuring out, okay, this is my strength, but this is this person's strength that they're going to bring in that is perfect. Um, like you mentioned, you know, the, the over analytical, 
uh, you know, person who's what well, we're going to you know, go through this 900 times and figure out every possible scenario. You need somebody on your team that is going to say, stop, <laughs> you know, pick something. And, you know, even if it's wrong, we need to go forward. And you know, kind of you know, we need to have that that yin and that yang and you know and, and all of those. You know, if you're if you're the creative, well, maybe you need the analytical to keep you on track, all of those things. Um, and then of course the big thing is that as that leader, we have to uh, um, delegate. Um, and that's you know, oh that that is always one of my biggest challenges because of course. I can, I'm the only one who can do it the right way. And, you know, when I stop and realize, you know what, they're going to do it their way, might be right, might be wrong, will probably be different, but that's okay. It might actually be better. Yeah. And delegation is one of those skills that most leaders do tend to avoid. Mm-hmm. Deb, articulated because they think, well, I'll just do it myself because right. I can do it properly. Mm-hmm. But you have to, you have to be able to what I call go up the leadership pipeline. Like mm-hmm. there's again, it's another great book called The Leadership Pipeline, and they talk mm-hmm. about different passages of leadership, mm-hmm. right? So the first people don't even realize, oh, there's different passages of leadership. 100. Mm-hmm. percent First passage is being an inter- in individual contributor, mm-hmm. and so you can demonstrate a lot of leadership mm-hmm. as an individual contributor without right. direct reports. One of my favorite, my favorite leaders is the receptionist at one of my clients. Mm -hmm. You come into that organization, the way she greets you. She remembers that I drink tea and Mm -hmm. I don't drink coffee. Mm -hmm. She says, you like your English breakfast tea. Mm -hmm. I mean, just, she demonstrates so much ownership and leadership and emotional intelligence in Mm -hmm. her role. So that first passage of leadership is really important. Then when you move into passage two, it's when you have direct reports for the first time. Mm -hmm. Passage three is when you're managing other managers. Right. And passage four is when you're managing a large department. Mm-hmm. And passage five is enterprise leadership and mm-hmm. you're managing an organization. Every single stage of leadership requires you to learn different skills. Mm-hmm. Delegation is one of those you need all the way up the leadership. Right. Mm-hmm. It's critical at coaching as well. It's critical at mm-hmm. every level of leadership. Yep. You know, and part of it is like you, you mentioned, you know, sometimes it's like, well, I can do it faster myself, but a big part of it is empowering and trusting others to do it. Um, I had it this morning. I needed um, an address from from somebody verified. Could I have looked it up? Obviously, but I had the person who's responsible for doing that. I asked her to do it. It took me longer to ask her to do it than to do it myself. But that is her job. That is, you know, and and so then, of course, she got it. She got it for me very quickly. And I, you know, thank you very much. This is fantastic. And so I think that is part of figuring out, okay, yeah, maybe I could do it better, faster, whatever myself. But let's empower those employees and show them that we trust them to to do it, Um, you know, because then the next time they're just going to do it. We're not even going to have to say, hey, you know, they'll, they'll recognize, hey, this needs to be done. That's an excellent point, Deb. And I love that example because most people don't realize actually, like we all have different job descriptions, Mm -hmm. right? You have a job to do. Mm -hmm. Your team has a job to do. Why are you doing other people's jobs? Mm -hmm. So when when you're about to do your to-do list, and I recommend people do a to-do list every day, Mm -hmm. it surprises Mm -hmm. me how many leaders or how many people don't do to-do lists every Mm -hmm. day to keep themselves focused on their priorities. 
you're doing your to-do list every day, but prioritization and delegation are very closely aligned, mm-hmm. right? Because if you don't know what your priorities are, if you don't know what your job is what mm-hmm. your versus the members of your right. team, what your job is and what they're paid to do, you're not going to be able to prioritize and mm-hmm. delegate. So, you know, I, I recommend people write a list of mm-hmm. who are paid to do in your role. Mm-hmm. When you look at your to-do list, if there's anything on there that's not aligned with that, mm-hmm. delegate it. Right. Delegate it. Right. You know, and, and it is, it is a challenge, you know, because we do always think, well, I can do it better, faster, whatever myself. Um, but it's, it's always so gratifying though, when it works, right? Because you're like, oh, Hey, you know, that, that was, was a good thing. And even if it doesn't get done right, then you get to have a learning moment, a teaching moment where you can, you can go, okay, you know, this didn't quite work out, but let's, let's think about it this way. Um, but yeah, I think, when I see people who are struggling, delegation usually is one of the highest things because they are trying to do it all themselves. And, 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 you know, I talk to a lot of small business owners on this program and out in the real world who are doing the, oh my God, I have to do everything. And I tell them, no, you know, you, you hire a tax attorney, you hire, you know, all these other things. And maybe it's just something as simple as you, you know, you figure out how to, um, uh, automate some things like automate your billing, all of those various things. But when we delegate, when we get those things off of our plate, then we're back to being able to do what it is that we're really supposed to be doing. 110%. Yeah. And I always say to people, what is the impact of you not delegating? Mm-hmm. Well, and usually they say, well, I, I don't have time. Right. And most people say, I don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. Well, Part of it's your fault if you're doing things mm-hmm, that right. are not aligned with what you're paid to do. So you've mm-hmm. got to get very strict with yourself. Mm-hmm. The other thing is you have to learn how to delegate because mm-hmm. what I see a lot of people not delegate properly mm-hmm. because what they do is they delegate without a lot of direction. Remember right. when I talked about earlier about trust and clarifying expectations mm-hmm. is one of the high trust behaviors. Mm-hmm. It's new to a task. Often, mm-hmm. Let's say... Let's say you want to delegate uh, writing of proposals, mm-hmm. okay? And you just say to the person, "Okay, just go." You know, I think you should start writing proposals. Off you go, write a proposal. Yeah, well, and they're like, oh. <laughs> exactly. They would squeak exactly like mm-hmm. that. Deb. That would be the reaction. Yes. Like, you, now, if it's a man, maybe not, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, they would groan. They would squeak. Mm-hmm. Uh, there'd be an expletive. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, you know, you, you cannot just say, here you go. That is not delegation. Right. Delegation is understanding people's level of competence mm-hmm. and then delegating properly. So mm-hmm. if my competence level, Deb, let's say you hired me to work with your organization, said, Vanessa, do a proposal for me. Mm-hmm. My competence level is low. Why? Right. I've never done it before for mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And so you're setting everybody up to fail. Exactly. So you have to be very directive and say, mm-hmm. okay, let me give you a template. This is how you do it. Okay, mm-hmm. try this part. I'll mm-hmm. follow up with you. People may be scratching their heads going, but that's so time consuming, right? Mm-hmm. So here's what I want to say to that is if you do not spend the time up front mm-hmm. to really work with people, to show them and direct mm-hmm. them, um, to show them how to do it properly, you will never, ever, ever get it off your to-do list. Right. So to think about this. What do you want off your to-do list three months from now? Mm-hmm. Okay. I would love everybody to pick one thing that they want off their to-do list three months from now. Because if you get one thing off your to-do list every quarter, mm-hmm. 
by the end of the year, you've delegated four things. Yeah. Delegation takes time, mm-hmm. right? To grow and mm-hmm. develop a person and, and follow up. That's your job. Your mm-hmm. job as a leader is to help people to grow, mm-hmm. help them to develop, nurture their skills and follow up mm-hmm. until they feel like, and they feel like mm-hmm. they're comfortable to do it on their own. And then you can just delegate and say, do the proposal. Right. But even then, when someone has a high level of competence around a skill, you're still there as a sounding board. Mm-hmm. Check right. You're not just throwing them off the into the deep Never. end of the pool. Never throwing them off the deep end of the mm-hmm. pool. That's not leadership. That's that's bullying. Um, and let's be you know, it, that's kind of one of those other questions. You know, how many of you had a boss that was a bully? And almost everybody is going to raise their hand. Um, you know, I had a boss and it was, this was one of my first jobs out of college. Um, and I worked for, it's, it's what's known as a candy broker. So we worked with the manufacturers and we were the middleman between convenience stores. So like 7-Eleven, you know, all of those. And, and they buy obviously in bulk, they buy truckloads of things. Um, and my, the, the company owner was this man who was a large man to start with. I mean, well over 300 pounds and one of the biggest bullies I had ever met. Um, you know, he was one that that really did think that the only way you got results was to scream at people, to scream expletives at people. And I'm pretty sure that given the right opportunity, he would have also been physically violent. Um, he was just that type of, of man. Um, you know, and we always just knew he was going to keel over and have a heart attack. And then we it was like, I ain't giving him CPR. Well, I'm not either. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, but he really did. He he. He worked on the theory of you, you, you didn't want to be there, so he was gonna make you just regret it the whole time. And 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 he also never trusted you. I remember one of the things he did was he traveled quite a bit, and he was one of these people who would call five minutes before we were officially to open, and five minutes at, and just to make sure you were there. And I just that just annoyed me to no end because we were always early and we always stayed late. Um, and, but, you know, he just, he, and, and you, you mentioned the word several times, which is of course, the most important thing is trust. He did not trust anyone. And, and you felt bad for him because he was this person who, like we said, we just knew he was going to keel over dead, but he ruled simply by being a bully. Now you can't do that. You know, the, the, we would call attorneys and we would say, go away. Um, you know, and, and, but you know, back when, <clears throat> you know, that many years ago, I didn't know any better. Now, as soon as I could, I got out of there. Um, but I think we all have, to some degree, had a boss that operated on the I'm going to make you do stuff principle. And you know what? I mean, I'm so sorry you had that that experience. I've had Well, a- I learned from it. <laughs> we, all, we do. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. You do learn from those experiences mm-hmm. and you learn, what do I want from my career? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm spending a lot of time at work mm-hmm. and that's not what I want. Right. And so I always say to leaders, you know, every leader has a different personality and mm-hmm. work style. And I always say to them, really, to, to be a conscious leader. Mm-hmm. What, what that means is, and, and often leaders I work with are unconscious. In other mm-hmm. words, they're unconscious of the way their behavior impacts people mm-hmm. around them. Right. And I always say to leaders, I want you to be a conscious leader. I mm-hmm. want you to be a leader who thinks about their behavior. Mm-hmm. I want you to be a leader who thinks about the impact their behavior has on the people around mm-hmm. them. I want you to be a leader who's conscious of the tone they want to set. Mm-hmm. When I start working with a group of leaders in my Mastering Leadership program, we talk about that in the first session is what, what tone do you want to create mm-hmm. on your team? Right. As 
You know, I'm, you know, more higher on the extroversion scale. Mm-hmm. Someone who's higher on the introversion scale is going to set a different tone. Mm-hmm. Right. When I ask them, what kind of tone do you want to set? Mm-hmm. They could say things like high trust tone, a collaborative mm-hmm. tone, a patient tone, mm-hmm. um, a fun tone. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I always say to people is, okay, so, so when you're conscious of the tone that you want to set, mm-hmm. that's step one. Mm-hmm. And then to behave in a way that really creates that tone. And mm-hmm. for and there's no right or wrong tone to set. Right. It's, it's really just theirs. What mm-hmm. you value, mm-hmm. what your personality is. And when we are creating the tone that we want to set, I always think about how do you bring the best version of yourself to work? Mm-hmm. And again, that looks different for all of us, depending right. on our personality and our work style. And mm-hmm. that, that's great. Mm-hmm. Right. So how do you go about doing that? Um, you know, is there, I mean, obviously you teach it and, and, you know, it's, it's in your book also, you know, for those who are struggling and thinking, you know, I've got great people working with me for me, we've got a great product or service, but it's just not happening. You know, what do you, how, what are the steps that you're going to work with them on? So I always say to them, what's not working for you. Okay. So what, so you have to be aware of what's not working for Mm -hmm. you. Then I would introduce them to the pillars of leadership success, Mm -hmm. right? Know yourself, manage your team and lead your business. Mm -hmm. And then we unpack those and figure Mm -hmm. out, is it around that you don't have self-awareness or emotional intelligence? Is it that know yourself pillar? Mm -hmm. No self-awareness, don't know your strengths and weaknesses. Um, I do an assessment. I use the DISC profile. Mm -hmm. If you're familiar with DISC, Mm -hmm. but it's a wonderful self-assessment tool, which Mm -hmm. is work style. So we start there. We do a disc. We look mm-hmm. at um, what is your work style? What are your strengths, your weaknesses, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Um, we look at how to build trust. I do. Mm-hmm. I give them a test assessment that they can complete. The other piece in that know yourself pillar we talked about is mindset. Mm-hmm. So there's some great resources around mindset, which is mm-hmm. your beliefs. Your mindset are your beliefs, right? right. Dweck, for example, has written a great book called Mindset, the New Psychology of Success. Mm-hmm. Talks about fixed and growth mindset. Mm-hmm. Right, fixed mindset, you believe everything's set in stone. Right. Growth mindset, you believe nothing's set mm-hmm. in stone. Hard work, I can mm-hmm. grow and develop. So having a growth mindset as a leader is critically important for mm-hmm. success because you're going to fail a lot. You're going to make mistakes. Right. Instead of having a fixed mindset and say, I'm a terrible leader. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at this. No, you have a growth mindset. You say, right. okay, what did I learn from this? And mm-hmm. what will I do differently next time? Mm-hmm. So that's where I always start is that first pillar mm-hmm. of know myself. Right. So then the second is leading your team, right? You know, and, yeah. and so walk us through that pillar. Sure. So leading your team, again, your job as a leader is to lead your team. So mm-hmm. you have to be able to coach. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to develop your people. And I mm-hmm. always break development into two pieces. The first mm-hmm. piece is giving feedback. Both ah, mm-hmm, right. The second piece is... Mm-hmm moving your people from developing to fully developed, even mm-hmm. when you onboard senior people onto mm-hmm. your team, there's going to be skills that they know how to do well. And there's mm-hmm. going to be skills that they need to learn. Right. So people assume, Oh, I'm onboarding the senior person off you go. No, mm-hmm. there's skills that you need to work with mm-hmm. them on. Developing. And then that, that final piece of the third pillar uh, of the second pillar of mm-hmm. uh, manage my team is how to develop a high performing team. There's mm-hmm. steps take there's, mm-hmm. there's there's stages of developing a team mm-hmm. so we go through those stages and steps and i'm a big checklist person and i get them checklists on mm-hmm. what to do. 
Well, it's kind of like, you know, we tell people you have to set your goals. You know, if you don't write things down and have lists and all the things, how are you going to know when you get there? So same with checklists. You know, you need to go through those to say, okay, well, this is good. This is bad. Oh, this one's kind of, you know, um, but yeah, you need that um, in, in order to really start figuring out what's going on. Absolutely. And any team that you see that's high performing, mm-hmm. it all become high performing overnight. Right. There are steps that you can put in place. Like when your team's forming, <laughs> when it's first coming together, mm-hmm. you need to be really clear around roles, responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk about setting rules with your team. Mm-hmm. Um, I put rules in quotes because it's really like operating principles. So mm-hmm. you have a one pager with your operating principles. Right. What are they? Do mm-hmm. them once. I always tell leaders, set it and forget it. Put Mm -hmm. processes in place that you've done once. For example, an operating principle guide, which is Mm -hmm. we meet every Monday at nine, be on time. When we meet over Zoom, cameras on. Mm -hmm. This is how you take vacation. Mm -hmm. So there's all those things that you can do up front to set people up for success, Mm -hmm. get to high performing. But a lot of leaders miss some of those upfront pieces. Mm -hmm. For example, it's really important to clarify expectations of your team Mm -hmm. in that forming stage when the team's coming together or Mm -hmm. when you person join your team. Right. You know, and and part of this is the overall company, you know, what, what is their vision? What is their mission? You know, and, and if those are muddy, then you, you know, you, you can't expect your other, your, your employees or your volunteers or whoever they are to be able to accomplish. They might be able to accomplish short-term things, but they're not going to be able to do long-term if you haven't said, you know, and some of that are, you know, numbers, you know, okay, you know, we're, we're going to be an an X, you know, figure business by five years from now. But, you know, the, there's also, I love the intangible ones, which more and more people are really looking at, you know, the, what type of company are you, you know, are you the type of company that values family? You know, are you the type of company that um, gives back? You know, do you have volunteer time? You know, all of those various things, the things that, you know, 10, 20 years ago, we went, well, those don't make money. Well, they don't, but they do, you know, because a big part of it is obviously retention and, and getting people. Um, you know, these darn millennials that we all just complain about, you know, I always remind people when they're getting ready to complain about a millennial, you probably raised them. So, you know, don't, um, but you know, they're, they're wanting those things. Those are important to them. And even not as much as some of the other tangible things, like what their paycheck is, you know, they want to know that they're working for a company that makes a difference. Now, you know, obviously it depends on what the company is and, and all sorts of things, but yeah, all of those have to be in place before you can really start moving forward and moving forward in the, in the right direction. Otherwise you're just going to go all willy nilly. Yeah. It's about, you're right. That's the culture piece. Mm -hmm. You know, they say culture eats strategy for breakfast, Mm -hmm. right? It's one thing to have a great, a great strategy, Mm -hmm. but if you don't have a culture where people are engaged, Mm -hmm. forget about it. You will Mm -hmm. never be successful. Mm -hmm. And I think the great example is Zappos, the president, unfortunately, who passed away, who built Zappos, mm-hmm. an online shoe company. Mm-hmm. People are like, why would I want to, you know, Deb, you talk about purpose, but some companies, it's like selling shoes. And some people mm-hmm. are like, that's not very sexy, but mm-hmm. the way he built the culture and mm-hmm. he's written a book about it, about mm-hmm. his, you know, building Zappos. Right. It's a book, right? He created a culture that was so motivating and engaging mm-hmm. for people, gave them so much accountability. Mm-hmm. That people wanted to sell shoes. Right. Yeah. You know, and 
I remember probably one of the first, anyhow, the first, you know, examples where we heard really a lot about this, and this this is going to date me, um, is when Guy Kawasaki wrote the book, The Macintosh Way. And, you know, and, and he really talked about how the culture at Apple was to empower the employees. And some of them were things that I remember, you know, that people were thinking, well, this is really stupid. Like they, in their, in their lobby, they had a grand piano and there was always someone there playing. And people were like, well, what does that have? Well, it, it just kind of, it, it, it meant that, that you wanted beautiful things. Um, you know, they, they, they were one of the first places that really had good employee food. Um, you know, a lot of places have employee cafeterias, but, you know, Apple, you know, and, and, and they definitely encourage people to go for um, other, you know, advanced training, other degrees, all sorts of things like that, because they always knew that when they made everything better for their employees, it's kind of like the happy wife, happy life thing. You know, when your employees are happy, your business is going to be more successful. And so what do you need to do to do that? And that is 100% culture. Oh, yeah. And, you know, often I'll have leaders say to me, Vanessa, like, how do I know if my people are really happy? Like, mm-hmm. how do I? Especially if they're all working remotely and, you know, I see them in this little square. Yes. Yes. That's a great point, Deb. And I always say to them, as a leader, you don't need to have the answers, but you do need to have the questions. Ah. So ask them. A really nice way, a tactical way that you can do this is even if you're virtual on Zoom, I know, for example, mm-hmm. you Zoom a lot, it has a whiteboard. Microsoft Teams has a whiteboard mm-hmm. as well. Go on the whiteboard. Right. On the top left-hand side, put what's working. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the whiteboard, put what's not working. Mm-hmm. On, on the right side, put what can we do to overcome what's not working? Mm-hmm. So say to everybody, hey, mm-hmm. I'm going to do a check-in. Mm-hmm. Let's do a list of what's working right now mm-hmm. in the business or on the team. Mm-hmm. Great, great. Anything else? Anything else? You facilitate it. Then do the middle section. What's mm-hmm. not working? Okay, anything else? Anything else? Mm-hmm. And then take every single item that they wrote is not working and get them and ask them, okay, what can we do to overcome this? What we mm-hmm. can do to overcome this? Because you by you facilitating that and then giving you their responses, mm-hmm. you're able to put an action plan in place that resonates for your team. Mm -hmm. They're going to own the action plan if it's their ideas. Right. So speaking of the team, you know, I was, I was thinking of this because that's where sometimes it is the hardest thing for leaders and it is managing all of the various members of that team um, remotely in person, um, you know, however you're doing it. And, and it was interesting. I interviewed Summer Turner not long ago and, and she works with, introverts and she is very much an introvert and mm-hmm. she said for introverts zoom is very difficult mm-hmm. because they're the focus and even if you've got you know the brady bunch going on with you know a whole bunch of different things you still think oh i'm the focus and so then they want to turn their camera off well the leaders don't like that because they're like are they even there <laughs> you know we know they've wandered off and or they're reading a book or playing a game or or whatever and you know and, and then of course you have the people like <clears throat> me who has to actually think shut up let other people talk shut up <laughs> you know and um you know and and so it it that ends up being i think one of the biggest challenges the people wrangling of you know how do you get your team to really work together well and also to have a high-performing team, you want diversity of mm-hmm. work style. Right. 
mm-hmm. right? DNI is super important. Mm-hmm. And part of DNI, diversity inclusion, is different mm-hmm. work styles. Mm-hmm. You want introverts, you want extroverts, right. you want people who are, you know, who focus on results and you want mm-hmm. people who focus on stability. I mean, mm-hmm. just different roles require different work styles. And so as a leader, part of your job is to understand what people's different work mm-hmm. styles are. That's right. why I love tool like DISC because it's a it gives you some data to work mm-hmm. with. So your job is to change or adjust your style to meet the needs of your people. Mm-hmm. So for example, if you're a highly extroverted person and mm-hmm. you have a lot of people on your team who are highly introverted, I personally would have the conversation with them around, listen, this is why I want cameras on. Mm-hmm. How, in, in my one-on-ones, I wouldn't do it, you know, right. in large. I would have a conversation with mm-hmm. one-on-one talking about, can I explain to you and clarify my expectations mm-hmm. for my cameras on? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sensing you may feel uncomfortable about mm-hmm. that. Is that right? And then getting a little curious with them. What makes mm-hmm. you feel uncomfortable about it? Mm-hmm. What do you think we could do to overcome that? Right. Again, you as a leader don't need to have the answers. Mm-hmm. Questions. Work with mm-hmm. people. What if we did this and brainstorm mm-hmm. with them? Because if you want cameras on, that's your prerogative to request cameras on. Mm-hmm. Have a conversation with people. Get right. to the point where you made an agreement on what it looks like for everybody to feel comfortable mm-hmm. with that. Right. You know, and, and it is about, as you said, having those conversations. I mean, just mandating cameras on, well, that's just annoying. Um, you know, even if you're, if you're like me and you don't mind it, um, I was on a, a webinar one time and they mandated cameras on. And I'm like, but I'm eating my lunch. And I really didn't want people to see me sitting here eating my lunch. But they said, you know, if you turn your camera off, we're going to drop you. And it was like, well, <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and, but it came back to the, 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 the basis of they never said why. That goes back to that trust behavior mm-hmm. around clarifying your expectations. Mm-hmm. Right. And I always say when I do two hour uh, sessions over Zoom, training mm-hmm. sessions over Zoom with leaders, I always say to them, cameras on, mm-hmm. here's why. And I want to see you eating your lunch. Right. I want to see you drinking. Mm-hmm. I'm in your home. You're in my home. Right. I need this to be a very relaxed environment. Mm-hmm. So I'm clarifying my expectations mm-hmm. that eating is okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Drinking, okay. I love cats. I love kids. I love dogs. Mm-hmm. Like, be yourself. Yeah. yeah. Right. And that's part of me cre- setting that tone, mm-hmm. right? The tone that I want to set when I work with leaders is super safe mm-hmm. and super comfortable mm-hmm. and super open. Right. And so that's how I do it. And, and to create that openness and vulnerability, I always start when I work with new leaders, sharing stuff about myself, mm-hmm. being vulnerable myself, because mm-hmm. that's a tone I want to set is that safety. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I need to, demonstrate that first. I would mm-hmm. never ever ask anyone. And I think as a leader, this is important, would never ask anyone to do anything that I wasn't willing to do myself. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's part of you as a mm-hmm. leader setting the tone, you mm-hmm. role model the behavior. Right. You know, and, and it is it, it, exactly as you said, you know, you're not going to ask them it, it. So if say you're very uncomfortable being on camera, then, you know, you, you have to figure out, how it's going to work, but telling them, you know, I don't like it either. I'm, I, I worry that, you know, I'm going to sneeze. I'm going to, you know, scratch my nose and it's going to look like I'm doing something besides scratching my nose. Um, you know, all of these various things, but, but, you know, that's 
seeming, and it, but it has to be honest, right? You know, we can't just say, well, I don't like being on camera to make them, you know, because we, we, our, our BS meters are really pretty fine tuned, um, you know, and, and, but, but yeah, when we, when we come across as being one of them, it doesn't mean we're not still the leader. And I think maybe that's where sometimes people get confused is they think, well, I have to be perfect. In order to lead, I have to be perfect. So if somebody is telling you, you know, Vanessa, I, I can't show that, you know, maybe I'm I'm not prepared or, oh my gosh, I'm sitting here like I am in a t-shirt that I have used a scarf to very carefully cover up, um, you know, so that I look professional, right? Um, but, you know, what, when people are saying, well, I have to be the perfect leader, what do you tell them? Well, first of all, there's no such thing as being perfect. <laughs> We are not perfect. Mm-hmm. You will never be perfect. Mm-hmm. So please get over the uh, uh, the goal of uh-huh. trying to because it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So what do we do instead of trying to be perfect? Be the best version of yourself. Ah, mm-hmm. That's what you need to do, mm-hmm. which means you will be perfect. That's why you have to have a growth mindset mm-hmm. because you will make mistakes, mm-hmm. of course, because you're human right. and you're not perfect. Mm-hmm. And so when you make a mistake, instead of beating yourself up for mm-hmm. it, you say, okay, um, and be very transparent. Remember, mm-hmm. being transparent is right. one of those behaviors. Mm-hmm. Build trust with your team. I always say to people, share your mistakes with your team mm-hmm. because actually what you're doing is you're building trust. Right. Share how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Again, transparent. Mm-hmm. You could say maybe you're launching a new product. It's okay to say, I'm feeling a little nervous about the mm-hmm. launch. How's everybody else feeling? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay to say that. Mm-hmm. Be human. Mm-hmm. Well, and when you say that, that gives people, again, the opportunity to step up. So, you know, maybe you say, I really am struggling with creating the budget for this project. Um, that gives somebody the opportunity to say, I would love to help out with that. I, I'm the numbers person. Can I help you with the budget? Um, you know, and, and again, that's the delegating. That's all of those things. But it's it is very interesting how things you know back to what we were talking about at the very start how things have changed that no longer is it the person in charge and everybody else it's you know how you know, you and but you need that leader so that you go in in the same direction i mean i think that that in a lot of cases is is what the leader is for because you do need that person in charge um otherwise you know we, we may or may not get to where we're going. Um, it's kind of like I tell people, you have to tell your GPS where you want to go or it's going to lead you who knows where. Um, but but yeah, we need that, that person. But it, when we allow everybody else to have their strengths and their weaknesses, everything moves forward better. Yeah. And that's why I do think that collaboration, having that mm-hmm. tone of collaboration mm-hmm. on your team is one of the most important for leaders. Right. Because again, you don't need to solve all the problems on your team. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a problem, put it on a whiteboard, right? On Zoom, and say to your team, "Here's the problem I want mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. to overcome today. Mm-hmm. Right? What are some ideas? Let's brainstorm together mm-hmm. and let's pick the right approach together. Mm-hmm. So then, it's your solution. Mm-hmm. Your meaning the whole mm-hmm. team, not just you as the leader. It's not your solution that you're pushing down. It's our solution mm-hmm. that we're working on together." Right. And, you know, even when you do your, when I encourage people in one of my sessions, we do a delegation strategy mm. and I say to leaders, you know, what one thing, one of the things you can do is put all of your responsibilities on a whiteboard or something like that and say to people, okay, my goal is to delegate three things mm-hmm. in the next quarter. Here's everything I'm working on mm-hmm. right now. I'm curious, 
anything up here, any of you would take on Mm -hmm. so you could grow and develop. Mm -hmm. And often I get the response that people say, I can do that. Right. Of course you can. And sometimes you never even knew as the leader that that was something they were interested in. Exactly. Exactly. And probably could do it better than you. I mean, we should hire people to address our gaps. We right. should hire people mm-hmm. who can do things way better mm-hmm. than we can. We all have strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And is it work more fun when you're working on stuff that's aligned with your strengths? Right, right. You know, and again, it's it's having trust, it's empowering, it's all of those things. Um, I interviewed somebody for the program and I can never remember his name. He was absolutely wonderful. Runs a large, large company, um, you know, 5,000 plus employees, all sorts of things. And he said, his ultimate goal that he achieved was that he can go on vacation and not worry. He said, you know, is he there in case something catastrophic comes up? Yes. Somebody has his phone number, all of those various things, but he is not the person who's checking in on email every day. He's not, you know, uh, because he trusts that they know how to do it. And he has given them the tools that they need to be able to do it. Um, you know, in, in your book, you mentioned things about setting those expectations. You know, if the if the boss is the person who is sending, you know, Sunday morning emails and, you know, then that is very clearly showing, well, I expect all my employees to be reading Sunday morning emails. You know, so if, if, you're, if you're saying I value your personal time, then don't be sending people Sunday morning emails unless you're a business that's working on Sunday morning, obviously. But you know, if you're a, a nine to five Monday to Friday business, don't do that. And and I set that expectation with my clients. Um, you know, I started my business over 20 years ago. And I remember they all said, Well, you work from home, you're you should be available 24-7. And for a while, I did, you know, and of course, you know, they, it wasn't like they were emailing me at two o'clock in the morning, but, um, you know, and, and, but then I realized that was not doing anybody any good. Um, and so I told him, I said, no, I keep office hours, you know, from basically eight to five, you know, and, and if, and, and of course the way I did it was to, to tell them if you want something evenings, weekends, holidays, that's great. However, it will cost you double. Well, man, they always could wait till Monday, right? Um, you know, and and but it's the same thing with your employees, you know, or or you know, whoever it is. If it can wait, let it wait. You know, there are obviously sometimes where it's like, nope, you have to have this. Or you know, I will. I've been known, and and I know this is not good. I will send somebody an email and say, okay, I'm sending this on Saturday. I'm not expecting you to do anything until Monday, but I just want to remember to do it. Okay, well, there's ways that I should be doing that and not pestering them because they're going to deal with it on that Saturday morning. They're going to have at least read it or whatever. Okay, write myself a note, put it on my list, do it as a draft, do whatever, but don't, you know, don't make them think that you're expecting them to be responding to it or at least reading it. Yes, absolutely. Because what you're doing is you, you as a leader are creating the culture in your organization on Mm -hmm. your team. And so how is culture set? Culture is set by the leaders. Right. So people look to, it's culture is something that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. The, the definition, the best definition of culture that I've heard is how we do things around here. Huh. So if you as a leader are emailing on Saturday, mm-hmm. what you're saying is how we do things around here is we work on the weekends, mm-hmm. not a Monday, right. Friday, mm-hmm. show, right? Mm-hmm. So behavior matters. Mm-hmm. And so don't email on Saturday mm-hmm. if you 
want your team to be working on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So your behavior matters because mm-hmm. people go look up to you as a leader and they're going to see what you're doing and that's what they're going to emulate. Mm-hmm. So for example, if you want people to be on time for meetings, if meetings start at 9 a.m., for example, you need to be there two minutes to nine. Yep. You can't be late because if you're late, what do you tell your team? It's okay for them to be late. Yeah. They're just secretly watching you. Mm-hmm. They're watching you. Mm-hmm. Everything that you do. Right. Mm-hmm. So be a conscious leader. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's everywhere. You know, if, if, if you're a parent and you don't want your children to say swear, then don't swear in front of them. You don't, you know, all those various, there's a commercial here in Atlanta that, that runs, that is saying, you know, whatever behavior you do, your children are going to model. So if you don't want them to be screaming at other drivers, then don't do it yourself. Um, oh, no. Shoot. I know. I know. Start on that one, Dad. Oh, in Atlanta traffic. Oy. Um, but but yeah, you know, and, and same thing. You know, whatever behavior you have, your employees are going to model it or your yeah. clients. Like I said, you know, I tell my clients, yep, you know, you you don't contact me and, and I won't contact you. I mean, that's the other thing. Well, oh my gosh, Vanessa, this has been so much fun. We just scratched the surface on this. So we need to have you on again, because I think this is so important. Because as I said at the very start, if we are not good leaders, it's not going to matter. You know, we can have the greatest product service, even the greatest employees, staff, consultants, whatever the heck we're calling them. Um, you know, if 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 we are not a good leader, it's not going to matter because ultimately things will fall apart. Um, so I want to continue having this discussion. But until then, tell us a little bit more about both your book and your business and, and the services that you provide. Sure. So my business is called Mosaic People Development. I'm based in Toronto, but I work all over the world. And um, the best place to reach me is through my website. So go to Mosaic People Development. Uh, sorry, mosaicpd.com. Just Google Mosaic People Development. That's it. That's it. Yes. Uh-huh. But mosaicpd.com. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then the other thing is, um, I love to give people resources. And I've set up a website called yourleadershipresources.com. Mm. And I've got lots of free stuff on there mm-hmm. for you. you can take a, a mini assessment on your. We've talked a lot today about leadership styles. Mm-hmm. I have an assessment there for you on your leadership styles. So you mm-hmm. can start thinking about that and some other free resources. So check that out. Feel free to link in with me as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, my book can be found on my website. So you can find it there. And the way that I work with people is really three things. I do an eight module leadership program called mm-hmm. Mastering Leadership, which mm-hmm. takes through those pillars of knowing yourself, mm-hmm. managing and lead your business. I do one-on-one coaching. And then I also work with teams, with mm-hmm. leaders and teams. So right. we got the disc profile for you and your whole team, mm-hmm. team building, mm-hmm. planning offsites and things like that. Right. Well, and I'm, you know, one of I'm thinking one of the, the best things is if a company promotes somebody and they know they need a little boost. This is a great resource for the company to provide for that that person who they've now said, hey, we want you to do this. We're going to give you the tools to do it. Oh, my gosh. That's my favorite kind of coaching. I call that transition coaching. Mm-hmm. It's very often when people move into a new position, let's say you move from a director to a VP role or VP mm-hmm. to SVP. Mm-hmm. Um Remember, you're going up the leadership pipeline. Mm-hmm. So the skill set that's required at that next level right. are different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I love it. 
Well, oh my gosh, Vanessa, this really has been so much fun. And, um, you know, it's, it is just so interesting because all of us in some way are leaders, you know, maybe it's just at home, maybe it's in a volunteer position, all these things. And, and we want to be the best leaders. So definitely check out your website. You've got tons of great resources there. Your book, it's a little book folks, but tons of great information. So, um, check that out. We will have the, the link in the show notes. But until then, you know, until we we have the opportunity to have you on again, Vanessa, do you have any final words that you want to leave everyone with? I would leave you with a word of encouragement that leaders are definitely made and not born. So if you want to develop your leadership skills, remember, it's like a sport. You just need to put your mind to it, find the right resources to help help get you there. I have seen leaders of all work styles and personalities become amazing at what they do with a concerted effort and, and some work to get there. So you can do it. I love it. Well, I'm Deb Creer. I've been having such a fun discussion with Vanessa Udelman, who is the president of Mosaic People Development. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.